Chapter Twenty Three of Our Western Birds. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Our Western Birds by Elizabeth and Joseph Grinnell. The Arkansas Goldfinch. We often hear this bird called the wild canary. It does resemble our caged canaries in size and color and song. It is a common bird about our homes from April to late fall, and during this time nests now high, now low in trees. In winter, we miss the finches for a while, on account of their taking trips off to the seed fields, especially to the sunflower patches on the uplands and in the washes of country roads. You may see them in large flocks feeding upon the brown seeds. They will wait for you to approach them. When they will rise with a whirr, only to settle down on the next group of stalks, they look like the sunflowers, yellow and dark, flitting and floating about. They seem very happy, swinging on the stems and clinging with both feet, while they peep under the chin of the bending flower. Always, the sunflowers are in blossom and seed at the same time, and the green of the leaves is like the green of the canary's back. The goldfinch might properly be called the sunflower bird. The black patch on the top of a male canary's head makes one think of a skull cap pulled down to the brows, and this bird with the black skull cap is the singer of the family. His song is not prolonged, but it is very sweet while it lasts, though some people think it too plaintive to enjoy. The female has the same plaintive note. Especially at nesting time, it is with the mother canaries as with many other female birds who do not make a common practice of singing. At nesting time, they are heard to respond to their mates and to twitter or sing low lullabies. We are able to locate the nest by this call note of the female, which she utters almost constantly while sitting. The Arkansas goldfinch and his wife are never far apart. They answer each other if separated, even for a few feet, and seem never to grow weary of each other's company. They love our orange and lemon orchards, the loquat trees, the cypress hedges, the walnut groves, and especially low-branching apple trees. They build their beautiful nests in any of these, sometimes as low as your elbow. The nests are very carefully made. The wall is thickly matted. Composed of plant-down fibers and lichens and bits of dried leaves, the nest is pressed into shape by the mother's breast, she revolving inside the cup until it is perfectly round. Then she lines it with horsehairs, threads, bits of feathers, and spiderweb. When completed, the nest is about the size of an after-dinner teacup. We like to tempt the goldfinches to build about our grounds. So we place twine in short lengths over a twig, and horsehairs and soft ravelings from cloth. We pinch bits of furs from the woolen rugs and fur from the skins in the house, and place these in sight of the birds. We tie cotton batting in bunches to the bushes and stick pampas plumes in the hedges. We have known the goldfinches to accept each of these tempting offers, especially the pampas plumes. Which they pull in little tufts 
and scatter to the wind as they fly. We have tracked them to the nest by these little tufts, and by the bits of white cotton which they love best of anything for lining their nests in our grounds. When cotton is used, horsehairs are mixed with it, so the young birds may have something to cling to with their toes. With most birds, this having strings and hairs to cling to is a necessary feature of the nest lining. In early spring nesting, it sometimes happens that a storm of wind and rain batters the nests of the finches, and so we protect them as best we can. All the birds that live near us have learned to trust us, and will often permit us to shelter their nests with cloth or big hats, or an apron or an umbrella. One time, we noticed the young ones were growing so fast that two of them were crowded out of the nest. This is not uncommon, as the eggs are four to five in number and laid on five different days. You see, by this arrangement, the first egg laid is hatched five days in advance of the last egg. There is quite a difference between a birdling five days old and one just out, as any one may see if he be lucky enough to have the nest of a goldfinch to watch. Now, what should be done with the two birdlings? That sat straight up on a twig near the nest they had just been crowded out of when a storm was brewing. It was easy enough for us to place a black cloth over them, making a sort of tunnel of it, extending well back in the branches. The little things backed far up the tunnel, where they were covered warm and dry, and here they were fed by the parent birds all through the storm, which lasted a week. The goldfinches feed their young as do the linnets and hummers, both parents lending a hand, or rather a beak, at the nursing. Long after a brood has flown about the garden, they may be seen coaxing for more porridge in baby goldfinch voices already plaintive. Though the male helps its mate in the feeding of the young, we have not seen him assist in the nest building. But he does not desert her like the hummingbird. He flies constantly with her. To and from the nest, just behind her, sometimes singing on a low branch, as if to encourage her while she gathers material. We often see the two hopping along by the doorstep, picking up fibre and threads shaken from the house rugs. The male close at the heels of his mate, standing on tiptoe, as if keeping watch. Besides the Arkansas goldfinch, which is the most familiar of the finches, we have the willow goldfinch. Seen mostly in the willow groves in the river bottoms, we have enticed it to our grounds in late fall by planting rows of tame sunflowers in time for the seeds to ripen before the frost comes. The willow goldfinch is larger than the Arkansas and has more black on its wings and tail, relieved by vivid golden yellow on the rest of the body. It glistens in the bright colorings of the orange and lemon trees. As if the birds belong to the citrus family, we have another member of the finch family, called the Lawrence goldfinch. It resembles the Arkansas, but the black skull cap extends down over the whole face like a mask. It is sometimes called the masked finch. End of chapter twenty-three.